0: I know you said art was not sort of like in your your background, but have you ever been inspired to take that to different mediums of art? Or do you even dabble in different mediums of art, whether it be painting or uh, drawing (laughs) or anything like that? I uh, I think it's... uh, (laughs) Like, are you laughing because you've tried it and it didn't work? Uh, No, because
1: when you say that, I just remember when I was a kid and going to school, usually uh, music... Drawing would be the, yeah. what would increase your mark. Yeah. For me, that was was making me think.
0: Good morning, good day, or good evening. And welcome to Fifty Four Lights. My name is Kondwani Mwase, and today's episode is street canvassing with photographer Marc-André Misat. I met Marc-André through work. He's a businessman who I had the fortune of getting to know personally. While I assumed he was multifaceted, most people are, I hadn't the slightest idea of his hidden talent. His alter ego, his superpower, if you will. An innate ability to see and capture moments of brilliance through his lens. Funny what you find when you ask. Here, in part, is our conversation.
1: So my, full name, so my full name is Marc-André, uh, middle name Gérald, and uh, last name Missat. Marc-André actually was uh, my cousin's name, and then, uh, actually his name was Guy-André, and he, my mom is his godmother, and he, she said to, he said to her, why don't you call him uh, guy and then, then the compromise became uh, Marc-André at the end. Okay, so. <laughs> nice. Where did the uh,
0: Gérald come from?
1: Well, Gerald was the initial name, so okay. my first initial name was, uh, I would have been Gerald Misa, but uh, since my, my cousin asked his godmother to make
0: that uh, compromise, so Gerald became my middle name. It be your middle name. Okay, so everybody won. Your background, I hear a French accent that's pretty strong, so what's your background?
1: So I'm from Martinique, French Caribbean island, West Indies, been in uh, Canada for about uh, 15 years now, 12, 12 15 years. I've been uh, living quite around the world. So left Martinique when I was twenty,
0: and uh, here I am. You said you've you've moved around a little bit. Yes. What is your connection to home then, or maybe better question: What do you call home?
1: It's uh, for me. It's where my family is. Uh, is where I am and why I'm happy. I mean. Uh, I left when I was very young. I lived in, in, in Europe, in different countries in Europe, France, Spain, UK. Uh, I lived in the US, in Canada. So for me, I have that, that uh, specificity where I can, whenever I am comfortable, I call it home. So I'm in Canada, I'm at home. When I go back to Martinique, I'm home. When I go to Madrid, yeah, I feel home. like at home because I have a place that I love and people that I love in all those places. Okay. So it becomes uh, where I am and where I, are my loved ones.
0: One of the things I came to know about you uh, over the course of our relationship is you take amazing photos. <laughs> Thanks. So, um, and you're, you're on Instagram at uh, Marc Misat. Yes. That's your handle? You see,
1: I left Marc, I didn't Marc uh, So maybe that's a,
0: that's a sign of what we should be calling you. <laughs> no. Um, but can you tell me, before we talk about like, the work that you do in terms of those pictures and the style and, and everything like that, what got you into photography? Like, wh- wh- why photography?
1: So, photography, I would say that uh, I would qualify that I've always been very bad at art. So music, I'm very bad. Drawing, I'm even worse. And uh, so I never really had a sensitive part with art. But uh, it was in Madrid, actually. I was going to a trip to, uh, to Morocco, and a friend of mine, photographer, told me, hey, you know what, I'll give you my camera, and then you can take some pictures there. And uh, I used to share an apartment with two Argentinian friends, and they taught me how to use uh, the Argentic on a the week. They gave me the idea of just basically how to set the camera up to take a decent picture. So I did that, and I went there, and I took... The, the landscape is so beautiful, so my pictures were nice. It's not <laughs> that I was a good photographer at all. It, just, it was difficult to miss a shot. So I went there, I took the shots, and I came back, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I started ever taking pictures and, uh, more and more, and I kind of enjoyed it.
0: Now, let, let's turn our attention to the the type of photography you do in particular. So I, I don't, I'm not sure what the technical term is. Is it street photography? Or what, what, what is the... Is there a name for the type of shots that you take? Uh, it's-
1: I like to call it street photography, but if you talk to people, I mean, there there are so many uh, definitions of street photography out there. Uh, I like to say that it's candid street photography. Mm -hmm. Uh, I rarely take posed pictures. I usually walk down the street and whatever I see that I like, I I try to take a snapshot, and that's it.
0: So one thing I find really unique about your pictures is you typically have a subject in the the photo on on an uh, amazing backdrop, you know, similar to this or not too dissimilar to this but it is a, definitely a candid shot where you've sort of captured a moment yes. a, a unique moment so how does that dynamic evolve like are you are you walking around are you do you find a nice backdrop and you just kind of sit there for a little bit what mm what uh talk to me about that journey of how that that picture comes to life
1: so usually what i would do is that uh i walk around with my camera i'm pretty much uh, i go to work and then i walk with my camera sometimes i go to meetings and my camera with me okay. and uh sometimes i see a scene and or i see a scenario a background and like oh i would like to it would be fun to have someone there and then i would wait for a minute to take the picture sometimes it's just i'm walking around and then i see it just happened to to come together, and I, I take the shot. So there are different scenarios. If I have time, I will sit around and wait for someone to come by. Mm-hmm. If I don't have time, I will take the best. I will do the, take the best picture I can within that time frame. But it's not. There uh, are different. It's depending on the day or the mood. What I'm in. Uh, if I'm in a rush, so I will just set up that, that way.
0: Okay, and you do always have a person in the shot, or is that most of the time? Is that?
1: I mean. I, my photography has been changing. I mean, if you look at my Instagram for the last two years, I think there has been an evolution. Before, it was many people. I used to look at people because I thought I was very bad with infrastructure, et cetera. So I would just have many people, one, two, three, five person, and then always in a specific attitude or something very unique about them, and that yeah. caused them out the of time. And I realized that as, as I progress or as I go forward, I would just uh, start including a little bit of uh, architecture around it because everywhere you go, the infrastructure is nice, the people, yeah. uh, everything is nice, so I try to portray a little bit of my day-to-day and what I'm living, what I'm seeing with it. So, and I, I've noticed that in the last uh, few months, It becomes, like you say, where it's a nice background, a person unique, uh, usually one person in the frame. It's usually, um, I would say, uh, it's been a progression.
0: I was always curious, and I may may have asked you this before, um, off-camera and off-podcast, but about the interaction with your subject, right? Your subject seems like they're not posed. They definitely seem like they're not waiting for you to take a picture of them. Yes. How does that... Like, do people catch you, so to speak, taking these pictures? And if they do, what happens?
1: Usually, I mean, I would say 99.9% of the time they are not posed. So Mm -hmm. I would say that 80% of the time they don't realize that I'm taking the picture. And when they do... So I show it to them. Uh, yes. Sometimes I send it to them. I usually show it to them and say, "Hey guys, you Sometimes they are not sure, and as they look at me in a weird way, I said, "You wanna, I just took a picture." So I'm the one volunteering. Say, hey, "I just you took a picture to them. of you." Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they, I like the interaction with people, so I won't shy away from an interaction, being positive or not. Some people have asked me to erase it or not to publish it, and I say, "Okay, all right. But I say to them, "If it's a nice picture, I say, look, it's a nice picture. It would be a shame to throw it away. I can send it to you, and mm-hmm. they get to keep it." And I, I never published those one. Uh, I respect everybody 's uh, right to privacy, but uh, I would say for me it 's about catching people at a moment of their life where nobody they think that nobody's watching and that 's the beauty because that 's where you see i wouldn 't say their soul but what 's when you see the person for what it is yeah, yeah, yeah. and also that 's when you try to magnify that person so you see them I see them in a the light as they probably never saw themselves and, uh, and I find that usually I try to to give them a a positive view, not I, I try not to take people, even if I sometimes I have some pictures of people on the street that are not necessarily uh, well off, but yeah. even when I look at the picture, if you don't know, you wouldn't know their background ba- yeah yes. their history or whatever it is yeah. Yeah. because yeah, for yeah. me, it's a moment trying to capture that moment that makes that person unique because we are some people ask me one why, why do you only have one person is it a reflection of you being lonely or etc and i I'm not lonely at all I, I have a family, I have everything, but I think that all of us, even though we are in a society, we are individualities, and those individualities tend to disappear because there are so many trends, etc. So when you see one person acting differently or being unique, I think that's worth revealing to the world and say, look, there is something happening here.
0: That, that's a really interesting uh, take on it. And I think that's, that's where I was going to ask you this question later on, but maybe I'll ask it now. Is just It doesn't look like you're going to be stopping doing this. Uh, because you've you've got such a great body of work, uh, and you continue to take photos, what like why are you like why are you doing that? It, it, like what what would be the one or two reasons that you would say this is why I'm doing this? This is what drives me to go out and go from one space to another and actually take these photos and always have my camera on me, mm-hmm. like. What's your motivation? I guess
1: the first one is selfish. I actually enjoy it. It takes my mind off uh, everything. I'm walking around, looking at people, and then paying attention to other people. So I'm not thinking about myself, about my day, or anything else. So it's just relaxing. And number two is because I like because I like observing and I'm like looking at people. I like the idea of uh, being able to show my view of the world so showing my view it's my view it's my lens Mm -hmm. and I try to do whatever I think it's uh, it's good for me and uh, but also show the that we are all individual in the society that needs to be and that needs to be more enhanced like uh, a lot of time we feel like we are a group we everybody has to behave the same way we have to work in pack. whereas at the end of the day we are individualities this is a moment so yeah. just take it for what it is yeah
0: fantastic have you ever been inspired to take that to different mediums of art or do you even dabble in different mediums of art whether it be painting or uh, nah. drawing or anything like that <laughs> i wouldn't dare <laughs> i think it's uh, <laughs> that, would, uh, that would be very now, bad uh, uh, like are you laughing because you've tried it and it didn't work uh, no
1: because I, when you say that i just remember when i was a kid and going to school usually uh music uh, drawing would be the yeah. what would increase your mark. Yeah. For me, that was was making me think. So I, it's just I'm <laughs> so bad at it. To be honest, I, I don't even know how I I am able to take pictures now because yeah. uh, I mean I know I how, how, how because uh, actually my fa- my wife is a studied so art history and she's a very good critic. So, uh, when she looks at my pictures, she's the one, one that's giving me direction. Say that's not good, or why are you doing that? Keep the camera straight. I couldn't even see when my camera wasn't straight before. So, she had to be the one telling me, look at this, and then compositions. She, she introduced me to different artists and, uh, and pushed me to look at other people, what they do. And right. little by little, I kind of find my own voice.
0: So, you know, you're touching on something that's really interesting about, you, you, you mentioned uh, you didn't really have any other formal training other than your friends showing you, you know, back in, in Spain. Yes. How do you get your, how do you hone your craft?
1: Number one, I think the best step is to learn to reject pictures because all of us think that we, our pictures are great, but you have to learn to look at them at a, in a very critical way yeah. and say, this picture is good, this picture is not good. Once you learn how to reject them, then you learn to see what mistake you make and what, what was good in that picture. What can you replicate in one category? What can you use in a different context and make it a way better picture?
0: So, so in that process, what's the most rewarding part of, t- of this journey that you're on? Is it, is it that moment when you capture somebody and then you, know, you engage in a conversation with them about you know, just about the scene, about how they look, about what they're mm-hmm. thinking? Or is it really about, hey, I've captured this moment, I'm going home now and I'm sifting through it and I just, I'm learning sort of the, the nitty-gritty of photography. Or is it, is, it, is it in, like, where is the, where is the greatest joy? I
1: For me, I like walking around and taking the pictures. I mean, uh, to be able to look at my pictures after and, uh, and edit them or, mm-hmm. or select, make them my, my triage, uh, I cut myself to a, like a two gigabyte card to force myself to fill it and then go back and edit because I hate the technical part. I mean, when I edit a picture, it takes me, it has to take me less than thirty seconds. If yeah. I takes more than thirty seconds on a picture, I just throw it away because I'm dying to do too much. It's a bad picture. So uh, for me, it's just taking that picture, finding the spot, finding the person, taking the picture, and and it's almost like this is it but yeah. then at some point you want to see it definitely after that the ego part comes in and how good was it and then when you come on it's a total garbage you're like oh man what? how did <laughs> I miss that but you keep going back to that same place until you get the right picture but Gosh. I think it's uh, the emotional moment is that when you trigger you push the trigger and then you take that shot and you're like oh I think I, I nailed it and with that, you are happy. And then after that, uh, looking at them, making them a little bit more, uh, a little bit closer to what you had in mind, it's, uh, it's definitely rewarding to see when you have that done, yes.
0: Great. Um, you're, you're making me think, in, in, uh, as you're speaking, as you're answering, about the evolution of sort of the prof- like professional photography, right? So... Now everybody's got an iPhone, or a, you know, or a Galaxy, or a Samsung phone. They've got really, really good phones with powerful abilities to take pictures. Hmm. Um, people also have access to softwares where they can go in and do post production and create what seems like masterpieces and post them up, and there you there you have it. Yes. Um, and then there are people who've gone to school for years and years and years and really have sort of immersed themselves in the technicality of photography. Yes. You seem to be a little bit straddling both because you're, you know, you kind of started what, you know, I guess would be loosely termed amateur and then now are getting a bit more uh, critical in your path and you're not just taking pictures and posting them up. So what what are your thoughts on this that you as a person coming in from a a, a, you know sort of like as a street photographer sort of as an amateur not trained Mm -hmm. versus somebody who's honed their craft do you feel that there is a uh, do you feel that maybe when you speak to other photographers that there's maybe pushback to say hey you know you didn't do two years of you know of, of study on this or do you or does that not even come up in your circles?
1: I mean, it doesn't really come up because for me, it's all about uh, your passion for photography, right? I mean, if I talk to someone and they start talking to me very technical or what did you study, I kind of, the conversation stands (laughs) (laughs) there. (laughs) What you want to talk about is that, hey, how, how did you do that? I learned something from the technical side for sure, but how did you see that or how did you prepare that shot or what did you have in mind like more like uh, intangible I mean everybody can go and learn and and I don't mind I mean some people use an iPhone and they have great pictures some people who have great cameras they have uh, uh, great pictures or not so great either way I mean as long as you enjoy it but for me it's more about uh, how do you get to that point how did you take that picture I've spoken to some people and You you want to understand even what took them to photography and you understand a little bit why they are taking pictures that way. Right. Uh, Or when are they taking pictures? That's also another thing where when you understand when they take the pictures, you kind of see why the pictures are the way they are. So, And something I would ask people a lot, actually on my side, would be how many pictures did you take to get to that picture? Because that's something that we don't... What was the work to get there? Exactly. Yeah. Because there's a lot to say about that because when you go on Instagram and you see one picture... It's easy to say, oh, this guy is yeah. a genius, or, yeah, yeah. but you don't know how many pictures we all took before we get to one good shot. Right. And most of the time, it's not even a great shot; it's just a good shot. So, it, it takes a lot of work. So that's the part that I'm more interested about. Uh, but, what did you study?
0: To me, it's irrelevant. It's not not yeah. that big a deal. Um, if you weren't in business development, what do you think? You, do you think? you would be a professional photographer, so to speak? Or, like, what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you're doing now?
1: I I think I would be doing what I'm doing. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy the way I am, what I'm doing. Uh, Photography is a hobby. I I mean, if I make money out of it, that's fine, but it's not really... You're not chasing that. I'm not chasing that. It's really a hobby where uh, it's already given me a lot, so, so that's fine. I mean...
0: Are you the type of person that would pick up the pen or pick up the sword? Are you the one that will uh, write your congressperson? Um, Or will you go in the streets and protest?
1: To be honest, I don't know if either would be my reaction. Okay. Uh, I think I would... Take pictures, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, I could, actually. But uh, I would take some pictures.
0: What is more attractive to you, the structures in the picture or the people? Like, So is it the background or is it the subject? I
1: think it's a mix of both. It's, uh, it's what comes out of the picture. What, what impact does it have on me? So sometimes the, the background could be more appealing. Sometimes it's uh, the person in the picture. But for me, I think it's, it's everything. It's a composition aspect where I, I'm learning. At least when I take my pictures, I'm learning to see it as a whole, not a one independent. Scotch, beer, wine? Uh, I would say I won't pick one, I would give you an order. Oh, okay. oh well, <laughs> my gosh, yeah. It's a
0: good night. Uh, Marc Andre, thank you so much for uh, taking the time and uh, sitting down with me at 54 Lights. I just wanted to thank again the folks at North Strategic and CF for letting us use this beautiful space and really, really uh, insightful uh, interview. And uh, thanks again.
1: No, thanks to you, Conrad, for having me and fifty four Lights. And then I definitely appreciate what you are doing. I think it's a great opportunity to to have people with uh, African background to talk about their experience. and. Uh, project them in a positive light because I think we we need a lot more of that Mm -hmm. uh, in a world like that where you have so many controversies, not necessarily vivid in Canada, but all over the world. So I think it's it's good to show the positive that uh, we can accomplish.
0: audio for this episode was mixed with the support of our producer, John Kitts, and recorded at the Eden Centre in Toronto. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by Anjo. Remember to find us wherever you do your listening. Listen, like, share, until we meet again.